welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a Crappy Christian. I am your host and resident crappy Christian, Blake, and every week I get to have the coolest conversations with incredible people about all the things most Christians are still not sure we're allowed to talk about. So if you've been looking for a place to land with all your crap and for someone to just be honest about what it looks like to walk through this Christian life, well, you've come to the right place. Pull up a seat, pop in your headphones and tune out your kids and come hang out with me and a guest for the authentic conversations that you have been looking for. Christian, hey, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. I uh, I feel like this is a, not even a trilogy, but longer than that. Yeah, what's longer joint? than a trilogy, right? You know, I don't know. My uh, comprehension stops there. <laughs> it's like a, it's a series. Let's say that. It's a series. It's a Bevere series because... Yes. Right. I've had your mother-in-law, your father-in-law, your husband. And now I get to talk to, I get to talk to the real brains of the group. I'm excited. Well, Hey, when we have kids one day, I promise they will join you. We'll keep this going. <laughs> I feel like I have rights to interview your firstborn for sure at this point. <laughs> so I want to hear and like, let you explain a little bit to people about sons and daughters before we jump in, jump in. Cause this is y'all's publishing debut, your book. Uh, I am find your identity, claim your freedom, embrace the adventure, which just came out last, last week. week. Yeah. The 21st. It's, 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 yeah. 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 It's so exciting. So tell us a little bit about Sons and Daughters and about your book, I Am. Yeah. So, you know, we've already alluded to the fact that I have a husband and amazing in-laws. And honestly, Sons and Daughters started as a young adult expression of quite honestly, what John and Lisa have pioneered, the truth, the, the impact of living a life of legacy and calling and just being so faithful to God and in family and work and all the areas of our life. And we kind of came to this point, specifically my husband came to this point of why are we failing to see some of that transferred into our generation? Is it like a language breakdown? Is there just too much inundated of different theologies, different truths, mm. different feelings that we're navigating? And so he's like, you know what, we don't need to harp on our generation, we need to communicate with our generation. So yeah. we started turning some of these truths into conversations, you know, even just what you and I are doing right now, Blake, talking about testimony, talking about the goodness of God, talking about like, how that does even come down into our emotions where people are like, wait, God cares in that way. Yeah. He, he sees what I'm going through. He's not just this guy uh, up in the sky that can't relate. And so sons and daughters is really just an expression of that vein of how good God is out through a bunch of brothers and sisters and also ambassadors all over the world. That's amazing. So we'll link Arden's episode in the show notes because that is actually one of my favorite interviews I've gotten to do today about his book Redefined and about how the generation before us, because I think we're all close to kind of the same age, like the, the generation before us kind of dogs on us a little bit. Millennials kind of get a little bit of a bad rep. And we've kind of taken that on. And just kind of this, this idea of redefining who we are as a generation, who we are as children of God. And I know that John and Lisa's quote unquote thing is like calling and purpose and giftings. And I love that y'all are kind of like, it's like almost like you've picked the mantle up for another generation and you're like, okay, like, let's keep doing, like, let's keep doing this. Let's keep having this conversation. And I think calling gets really intimidating for people, right? Like 
it can be mm-hmm. a, they either, I think I have found in conversation, people either love it or they're like, that's a lot. <laughs> like calling is a lot. <laughs> they think they have a good calling, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh yeah. I could talk about calling all day. Cause like, I know what mine is. But uh-huh. if they feel like their calling is less than, if they are unsure of what it is, it's kind of like, mm, next question, please. <laughs> what have you found that your calling is not? Mm. <clears throat> Let me see. Let me like roll up my sleeves here because it's <laughs> a big topic. It is very much so. What I kind of think of calling is not, is it's not a, it's not a linear conversation. Like, let's just start there. It's not, okay, Blake, like you're leading this amazing podcast. You were married. You found your calling to be a mom and a podcast host. It's right. it's easy to dilute it down to what we can see or label or box it as. But what I've seen is even as we pursue amazing careers, beautiful callings, like motherhood in and of itself is something you are called to, but mm-hmm. saying our calling is only occupational or our calling is only what we're seeing in a season. It hinders one, what we do in that season. And I found it also hinders where we want to go past that. So if I say, Hey, we, we wrote a book, I'm called to be an author of many in a collective, unless you stop there, it's, it transforms to, okay, you know what? I'm, I'm not an author. I'm a steward of a message. I'm an ambassador of heaven. I am a communicator of God's love that I see every day. And that transforms to, okay, let's talk about this book too. Let's talk about God. Let's, yeah. let's take that to someone we see on the street. And so I remember what it's like only a few years ago coming out of college and everyone saying, what internship did you get? What job are you going to do? And I'm like, I don't know, but Jesus is going to come through. (laughs) Yeah. But that like those kind of conversations, it does put that weight for an immediate answer and this way to feel like we have some kind of control or we have some kind of roadmap for where we're going so that we will be successful so that we can be secure. And what we've seen even with the I am book is you know, saying I am called means I have a legacy of discovering to find out for multiple years that bleeds into eternity. Mm. And saying I am secure means, you know, if that calling takes a million different routes, if it uh, transforms, if it doesn't look like my friend's calling, I can be secure in that. So there's this beautiful dance that we found these seven I am statements to, to really curate like a movement that is fluid with God. Yeah. so calling is not simple. Let's just say. That. Yes. Yes. Well, and I do think that there's such an epidemic of people equating calling and job description, mm-hmm. calling and vocation, occupation, whatever. And like, I'm absolutely not exempt from that. You know, like you said, like you're a mom and a podcaster. It is easy because that's what the world does. They call calling and purpose by what you do. To kind of like pick that up. But the reality is that God's, I mean, everything in the kingdom is completely converse from the world. Why would this be any different? Like why would calling and purpose be any different than opposite, right? So if you look at the world and people find their calling and their purpose in their work or what they do, what's the opposite of that? Mm. Like, should that not be what it looks like in the kingdom? Like purpose-wise and identity-wise, like I am only identified by Christ and the finished work of the cross. What I do out of that is my calling, but it's more than like a title. I remember that being a little bit jarring 
<laughs> for me to like the things that I'm th- that I think most people are doing with their lives do honor God. Let's say the people that are listening to this, like I am honoring God in my motherhood. I am honoring God in my podcasting. So those aren't they're not bad things, but they're not like what I'm meant to find my identity, purpose, calling in. It's just so much. I think it's bigger than that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think it's a matter of changing our viewpoint and changing our conversation. So for example, my husband's been able to travel all over the world. And I was just happy when I moved out out of Alabama because I saw more of the United States. Yeah. I was like, yeah, let's go road trip. Yeah. Um, But I've been, you know, just pleading and and praying with God that one day we'll go somewhere really cool. So for our three-year anniversary coming up, if all stays well in Europe, we're going to Italy. And I'm just, I'm just so excited. But I told Art, I'm like, hey, we need to start trying to learn some Italian just so we have a little bit lay of the land and can communicate with people. And so the difference between English and Italian is very stark. (laughs) how you say the, you know, how you conjugate your grammar. And it's a learning curve. And I think when we talk about calling in untraditional sense, like it's a learning curve almost as well, because I just want to thank you the way you've started this podcast. I would typically in the past introduce someone and be like, so this is so-and-so, what do you do? And like, even mm. that, I'm like, yeah. hey, I'm not, I'm not stewarding this idea well enough. If I'm just saying like, Hey, why should someone listen to you? Tell me what you do. Right. I think what, how I begin to shift that a little bit is like, okay, who have I become? Let's mm-hmm. start there instead of like, what's my occupation? Yeah. Let's say, what's my testimony? What have I seen God do? And then it just bleeds into like, let, like let's run that route. Like it, it may be messy at first. It yeah. may feel a little unorthodox to uh, introduce yourself to someone without saying your job or how many kids you have within the first sentence. Like, mm-hmm steps to just 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 changing that but I think you made great points of I am these things and it's not that I run away from them because they're bad it's just the idea of knowing you know if you are in a season where you're a single mom mm-hmm. and you're not working or you're working two jobs like knowing I think when we make those things our calling they can bleed into our work yeah so if someone's like well I'm not married so I I'm not as worthy as someone else it is like that's yes. A complete fabrication that could be tied to shame, that could be tied to trauma. If someone's like, I'm not getting a job, but I just got a four-year degree and someone else barely graduated high school and they're making six figures. Like, yeah, I think that that's why it's important to have the distinction again, like you said, not because things are wrong, not because seasons don't change, but so that we don't wrap our identity and worth in those things. Yes. I mean, I think about it in terms of motherhood. I've been a mom for seven years now, which is crazy. She, my oldest just turned seven last week. And at the beginning, it was like, mom was very much ingrained in my identity. And it was like doing it right. Like feeding her the right food and making sure she got enough sleep. And where is she on the like developmental charts and enough play dates? And that had to really massively shift for me because I am a natural like doer, achiever, whatever. But then everything was just identified as a failure because it was never good enough. Mm-hmm. But now like, yes, I'm a mom, but more than that, like I'm the stewarder and shepherder of like the next generation of believers. I am getting to like, God has loaned me these two tiny little lives that I get to push towards him as much as possible and hope that they make an impact for the kingdom as they get older. 
Same thing with this podcast. Yes, I could very much find my like quote unquote identity in tough Christian podcasts. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> or it could be I get to sit down and have really incredible conversations and reach thousands of people from my couch. You know what I mean? Like, I think that identity and calling just have gotten so ingrained. And I love that y'all are kind of pulling those things apart and saying like both important, both good, but like, let's talk about them in their right order or, or in their right spheres. And I know that call, like we talked earlier a little bit about how calling can be really overwhelming and intimidating. How do you, like, let's say people's calling is to be a son and daughter of Christ. Like, let's start there. Basic, but most important. How do you, how are y'all like with sons and daughters and you personally with your ministry encouraging people to like step into that? Because I think that that even that can feel like, okay, now what? Yeah, yeah got that. But the, right, cool. My check. <laughs> uh, what now? Right. <clears throat> to be honest, like this is something that I'm still trying to ingrain in myself and really let it permeate as many areas as it should. Because for me, it has like this idea of, okay, I'm a son or daughter of God. First of all, for those being, being like, what does that mean? Does that just mean my gender? No. <laughs> yes, but no. Yeah. It, it means like... I'm no longer just this person that knows Christ. Like I am his son or a daughter in the same way you went through a birthing process that I'm sure you have multiple stories of your kids. And like, that was intense nurturing. That is intense care. Even the way you provide for them now, having that realization of, Hey, Christ died for me in a way that not just like I'm pardoned, get out of jail free, cool you in heaven one day, if you're good. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, you know, I paid the price so that the veil would be torn so that it's no longer a separation, but it's a relationship. And so that was, I mean, I grew up in a Christian household, but when I went to college and learned about the power of a relationship with God, it just shifted the whole way I saw him, the way Mm -hmm. I saw myself, the level of faith and just mercy that I would let myself experience because that personal veil for me was torn where I felt I could step into that realm. I, yeah. I felt I could step into the holy of holies in the sense of like his presence just was just so much more tangible mm-hmm. when I realized I had the choice of how close I got yeah. to God. And yes, that's the unveiling of what being a son or daughter of God is. But then the way it's still ingraining in me is I'm seeing how that transforms so much. And honestly, just an example, we did a radio show the other day. And at first, I mean, it was 8 a.m. I hadn't had a lot of coffee. And I was like, I am not doing good. (laughs) So, but I went to the bathroom. And in the past, I would kind of have that calling, striving moment of like, gotta do this good. You've got to say the right thing. You're gonna sound like an idiot if you don't say this right. But then I went in and I was like, God, you've put me here. You've placed something inside of me that you want to share with people, not because I'm better than anyone else, not because you know, whatever pride wants to say, but just, but just because you're living and breathing in me, like, how can I steward this? Well, Mm. what do you want to do? I know who I am in you. So there is no striving. There is no insecurity. There is no need for coffee. Even if I haven't had it, like you are the facilitator. And I love just what you said of, Hey, even your children Mm -hmm. are who and what you're stewarding. And I think that's a great way to put the distinction is it's not my occupation or my calling or even my children, but like, I get to steward this. Yes. Not because I'm not significant enough to carry it, but because I get to partner with God. Yes. And how much better is the whole process and the byproduct because of that? 
Y'all know how much I'm against mandates, but one I can get behind is putting in time and effort on your marriage. I believe that it should be mandatory once you take those vows, and our friends at Young Married Christian are making it easy for you. Young Married Christian is a fantastic podcast where Christian creators like myself, check out episode seven, talk about ways to strengthen marriages, remain gospel-centered parents, and build up an amazing family unit. You can find small clips on Instagram, five to 10 minute clips on YouTube, and their full two to three hour episodes wherever you're currently listening to this by searching Young Married Christian in your favorite podcast player. We're getting close to sweatshirt weather. I mean, not in Louisiana, but I'm sure some of you are. So I wanted to make sure that you know that the Crappy Christian merch shop is open for business with favorites like Lonely Do It, Be Found Standing, and our Jesus Lover Tea, also in the comfiest sweatshirts Ever. Head to crappychristianco.com slash merch to grab your new favorite sweatshirt. Okay, let's get back to the show. Well, I think stewarding is such, I, I'm having that conversation in my like personal life a lot because I think it is a lot of the missing element. I feel like in our attempt to take ownership or responsibility, which isn't a bad thing, we've like, as humans, have a tendency to like almost taken that too far and have made things like we're white knuckling mm. good things and bad things and hard things that they're ours. And I think when your mindset shifts to like, this is all going to burn. This is temporary. It's all his. We just like are gifted and given the opportunity to utilize it. Like for example, we're in Louisiana and just had a major hurricane, like category five, that hung out over Louisiana for four hours at a hundred mile per hour winds. It was rough. And we like baby evacuated. We didn't really evacuate. We like went up the street to my mom's <laughs> and we just sold our home and are building a new home. And so we were like, this could really suck. Like we could not just lose one home, we could lose two. And I don't mean this in like a look how holy and great and mature we are, but we kind of had to get to a place where it was like, okay, it's not really ours anyway. Like the funds that have gone to building this house, to selling this house, we're just shorting them for the father anyway. And like, I believe that he really does work things together for good for his kids, even if it sucks. So if we lose one or both, like we slept well Sunday night, even as like our state was being ravaged. We were like, we somehow got out scot-free and both of our houses were fine, but I, we have flooded before. Like we know what that looks like. And I think that our relationship with things, we've like made it exactly the same as our relationship with our calling. And we think that they're, they're ours. And the reality is, is that life is so much better when you live it open-handed because I was white knuckling the fact that I get to get on these phone calls and have really cool conversations with people, like, I don't know what this is going to look like next month because it's God's. And so I think if more of us stopped white knuckling and started stewarding our giftings, I would venture to say we would find it easier to step into and walk in them because then it's less mm -hmm. dependent on you. Mm -hmm. That's so good. I mean, that's preaching right now. <laughs> <laughs> and, and even on the, the flip side of that, I think the if you have gone through something where um, there was a hurricane, like you did lose something and then yeah. it's like, 
um, that could cause a timidity to even want to build a home again. Cause you think, well, what if this ends up how it was? What right. if God doesn't provide the same way? And I think when we talk about calling and we talk about stewarding dreams that God's put inside of you, it can cause timidity to think, well, what if this doesn't work out or, uh, God, you didn't give me that dream job. So why on earth would I be qualified for this? Like just yep. knowing, Hey, whether, whether it fails or whether it turns into something amazing, like in both aspects are both in the hand of God. So yeah. And he's good either way. Wow. Well, it was a really loud thunder. Speaking of flooding and hurricanes, it's storming <laughs> in Louisiana again. The thunder was very loud. I'm glad that you couldn't hear it. Cause I was like, Oh, oh my gosh. Nice. So I know one of the things that y'all talk about in I am is community and like the importance and influence that that has in your calling and in how you walk through life. I'm a big fan of community and think it's very important because I've done life both ways out of community and in it. Like, how have you experienced that? How have you experienced the importance and impact of community in conjunction with your calling? Well, let me just speak to the uh, the introverts and the creative types that are like, no group projects for me. That's me, honestly. <laughs> Same. So yeah. cool. book collaborative, but stretching, but then in the same way, freeing. And I think community is one of those things where you're going to have community in so many different areas. It's going to look different in different seasons. You know, who you hang out with in college may be different than your married double date friends. Right. But I think each vein, Arden likes to say it this way, is he had a revelation that God showed him that there is a unique expression in every single one of us. Hmm. And like that is uh, a vessel to live out. So that flows into, yes, you need to live out your calling, but then also um, you can be running your race. So we've seen that as, okay, yes, I may be living out a unique expression of my calling, but how many other unique expressions come into blending that and Mm -hmm. creating something? I mean, ultimately, if we are the body, sometimes the body needs to connect to do certain things. Like I can't go play tennis without my feet and just have my hands. So like, yeah. I'm creating a book. Maybe there are other people that need to steward it as well and come alongside me. So it's been a unique for me, if I'm if I'm honest, because I've seen the power of Arden and I got married. There was a, a few months, especially because we did long distance that we were like, I just need to sit and stare into your eyes and, yes. and relish all that we just signed up to do in life together. And then yeah. you get to a point where you're like, well, we just had a fight and we need people around us. Yeah. So it's just a dance. And I think if we eliminate ourselves from that process of learning from people, doing life with people, even letting what what gold is in other people come to spark us to to rise up to this higher way. We cut ourselves at the knees almost in a way. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Well, and I think in reference of like calling. So for example, I'm recording at one of my really good friend's houses because I currently live in an RV that is not conducive to recording a podcast. She could not possibly be more, more my opposite. Like I'm an Enneagram eight. She's an Enneagram two. Like we could not be more different, but she does very similar work as I do. She's an author and a podcaster and and an influencer. And so we're in the same sphere, but night and day from one another. And I've grown so much from being her friend by watching how she does things, by her having the bravery to like speak hard things into me. Like you're being ridiculous about that. Like you need to calm, why are you mad? Like you need to calm down. 
if I wasn't doing my calling in community, I'd be missing out on the opportunity to like get better at my calling and grow in my calling. And so I think that there's a lot of elements there. I think that if you're in any kind of competitive field, it can be really easy to isolate yourself and not want to like do life with other people who do things that you do. Or if you're just naturally a more like introverted, walled off person. And I think that you're doing yourself a disservice. And I've done it that way. It's kind of what I said at the beginning of like talking about community was like, I've done both. I've done life by myself, doing my calling by myself out of like fear of competition, out of previous hurts. And then I've done it in and just so much better Mm -hmm. when you do it. God's intention is for community and is for like a body of believers and for the arm to learn from the foot, to learn from the ears. Like we all work together. And I think that I think that that's kind of like a little bit of a problem within our callings is that we think we have to like go at them alone. Like, yeah, we do the rest of life in community, but why Mm -hmm. would your calling and your purpose be exempt from that? Yeah. I mean, I even think it's interesting that when Jesus came on this earth, he didn't just come to teach the people and then do his own thing because only he was calling. Like, you are the creme de la creme and let's just put it out there. You're the best podcast host there is in the world. And you think, what? what can I really gain from other people? Sometimes it's not even, oh, I need to get from them because that becomes a transactional relationship. But it's just like, what does us being together in this sphere do for influencing people, do for sharpening them even? Maybe it's not even for yourself because Jesus had the time when he said, hey, I know I need to be alone. Mm -hmm. I know I need to um, go pray and like make sure that vein of me and myself is doing well. Mm -hmm. in the spirit, him and God. I mean, he's got his own thing going. We're not. (laughs) I think it's so interesting that his calling in a sense was healing people, teaching, traveling and spreading the good news. And he empowered his disciples to sit at his feet, learn from him, but also partake in. Yes. You go uh, multiply the fish. You go do this healing. Like, yes, there's an expression of learning and teaching and just reveling and sitting and cheering on mm-hmm. like the fact of like, Oh God did that in your life. Like that's yes. testimony. shoot. He did the same thing. And sometimes I've seen the best thing to combat comparison is to be thankful and testimony. So if I think I really want to have kids one day and Blake already has kids, like I don't really want to talk to her because that'll make me sad. I don't have them yet. No, if I'm believing for having kids and I've seen God bless your womb to give you children, like that is an edification and a solidified statement of like what I'm believing for. I've seen God do in someone else. Amplify my faith, not make me feel like you've taken my blessing. Like, right. That's a word. Opening up our mindset to if it's done, don't feel like it's not going to be done for you. Celebrate that it's done so it can be done for you. Amen. Yes. That's a whole, we could probably do a whole nother podcast episode on like comparison and competition and why that that's even a thing. But I think that that overarching point of like, this really is what God created us for. Like God really did create us for community for doing life with one another or walking in our purpose and our calling and finding our identity in him and being open-handed about it, it's more simple than we've made it, Mm -hmm. I would say. And I just love that you went there and you said, hey, my friend that 
is helping me in this season, that's that I'm helping her, that we're growing from each other is completely opposite. Yeah. And like I look at you and I'm like different hair colors, different face structure, whatever it may be. And the fact that our conversation, I at least feel, has been so effortless since we got mm-hmm. on it. It wasn't a, hey, I'm Blake. Okay, I'm going to record now. Like it just, sometimes it doesn't have to look I know the same to blend well. Oh, 100%. And I'm sure that we're likely very different. Most of us are. But I think when you are, again, I've used this term so many times now, but like when you're being open-handed with your gifts and with your calling, but you do kind of mesh with other people so much more seamlessly because you're like, you're not my competition. You're beautiful and talented and married into a really great family and an author and, you know, have achieved all these things in your life. You're not, you're my sister. You're not my competition. Like we're doing this all together. I think that that's a really important aspect of calling that I think has gotten a little muddied along the way. Uh, there's this like children's book narrative that's coming to mind that I, I think I'm not making it up. I think it's a real one. Maybe I am. But there was something where all these like, maybe it was animals or people I had like these own things that they were bringing. And it was like their food they were going to prepare. They're like, I have this, but I don't know what to do with it. Or I have this, but I don't have something with it. And I think they ended up all putting them into a pot and making a soup together. And it turned out to be so much better when they yeah open-handed. And it's like, man, my carrots really went well with their broth. Or right. Probably butchering this. But no, it, it sounds familiar. Okay. Yeah, but it's yeah. true. Right. I got it. Yeah. If it's not a children's book, it should be one. That's next on your on your list of achievements. Christian, thank you so much for such a great conversation. Such an effortless conversation. So your book is out. I'm sure people can get it wherever they get books, mm-hmm. all the places. And where can people find and connect with you like online and social media? Yeah, our housing facility of sorts is called Sons and Daughters. You can connect with us on Instagram or on, on our website, www.sonsanddaughters.tv. We have groups, we have resources. That's mainly our vein of how we connect to people and empower. And then I'm just Miss Christian Bevere on Instagram because oh. Christian Bevere was taken. <laughs> you gotta, just stick a miss in front of it. It's perfect. Okay, good. Yeah. Oh, dang it. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Thanks, Blake. All right. That's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Crappy Christian Podcast. And hey, by the way, if you super loved it, can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening? That'd be awesome. All right. See you next week. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.